Oh. Hopefully that still works. Right. Well, today we're going to be starting a new series uh, and we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit uh, or the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God, uh, however you want to say it. It's the same person. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. Is that okay, Joel? Okay, you want me to, is it rubbing a bit, isn't it? How about that? Is that a bit better? Okay. So, we're going to be talking, talking about this subject for quite a few weeks. Uh, um, and really, God has been speaking to our hearts. Um, and we really think that God is going to do new things uh, in the church. Uh, and meet people in a new powerful way. Uh, through his Holy Spirit. So, uh, be ready to learn, but be ready to uh, receive uh, as well. Um, <clears throat> I really want to talk today uh, about being filled with the Spirit. I'll tell you, it's not really working, is it, Joe? Let me move it down. It's been a bit troublesome. Sorry. How's that? Right, okay, there we go. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk to you a little bit, just I want to build a little picture of what, a little bit of what's so great about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, I went to a funeral recently, last couple of weeks, went to a funeral of a, a man called Doug. Um, he was uh, my dad's best friend uh, and he died of cancer recently, he was 56 or 57. Um, and it was one of those funerals which was absolutely packed. There was hundreds of people there, uh, and it, it made the um, the, uh, the cemetery uh, room very um, hot and stuffy. Uh, but a lot of people coming up, and they had people coming up and sharing about this guy Doug, and. Um, the, it's going to sound really stupid, but they're all saying the same thing. Uh, they had people from his work, and they didn't know anything. They they didn't they hadn't talked to the the people from his church, and they hadn't talked to the people from his family. But they were all saying the same thing. And what they were saying about this guy was they were saying uh, he was so loving, and he was so calm, uh, and he was very caring, and he was patient, uh, and uh, he was very loving. And they all said the same thing. The people from his work said he was fantastic to work for because he really cared about you. Uh, and he'd go a long way out of his way to, to, to help you. Uh, and he was patient. Uh, and you talked to his family, and they said, oh, he's such a soft man. Uh, and he was always loving, and he always had enough time. He'd always make time. And it was the same thing that the people at his work were saying. And then you talked to the people at his church... And they were saying exactly the same thing. They said, oh, he was lovely. He was such a fantastic man who was just calm uh, and um, was loving and caring and would make time for people. Uh, and it made me think, it made me think, well, wouldn't it be great uh, if we were the, the same person, if people said that about me <laughs> and about you? Do you ever think about this? You know, sometimes we can be, uh, have a, we try really hard and we're a great person at work, but when we get home, we're <laughs> not the same guy. Uh, or, or really good at home, but uh, um, <clears throat> we're not very good at church. Or, do you see what I mean? We can't keep it up all the time. And for me, the great thing about his life was he was able to be the same person in every situation, under pressure, under no pressure, under the normal family situation, uh, and in the other situation, he was the same person. And the person that they were describing is loving, patient, kind. And for me, these are all the fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit of God. And this man was an elder in the church, uh, and he loved to preach, 
Uh, and the other, the, the, the people in his church said, oh, um, uh, he was very wise and I, I'm really going to miss his counsel and his words of wisdom. And I thought to myself, well, oh, these are, the, these are the gifts of the Spirit. And I thought to myself, wow. You know, I hope that this sort of reaction happens at my funeral. <laughs> because it's hard to be the same all the time, isn't it? It's hard to keep going and keep being loving and keep being caring. And it's hard to keep flowing in that. Uh, <clears throat> and the thing that I realise is, Doug was filled with the Spirit. And that was the secret. He didn't try really hard all the time just to be patient and be kind. Because you know what? When you try really hard all the time to be a certain way, eventually you crack, don't you? <laughs> uh, and your partner at home will tell you, eventually they crack. Uh, <laughs> am I right? Because it's normally at home that we uh, let, the, let the barriers down sometimes. Uh, isn't it great that his wife said he was always so, and his children said oh, he, he never had a go at us. And I thought, wow, what a testimony. But the thing is, the Spirit gave him the power to be able to do that. He couldn't do that on his own. And I tell you, you can't do it on your own. You can't be like God on your own. You can't have the power to maintain that life the whole time. Uh, but you can through the Holy Spirit. Okay? And for me, this is just an example. Well, what's the Spirit? Or what's the point in having the Spirit? Well, if, if you want to be like God, <laughs> you're going to need the Spirit. You know, like, uh, you'll fail on your own. Trust me, I tried. <laughs> tried a lot of time. You just end up all bound up uh, back where you started. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I've been trying to fight sin for so long, and I end up worse than I started. Amen? Well, you need the Holy Spirit, because he'll give you the power to be the overcomer. Okay? I just want to talk a little bit, try and just share some stories from my own life from the last couple of weeks of where the Spirit has been really key for me. Uh, um, uh, the other day, someone had, uh, just this last week, I felt like someone had been a bit harsh to me. <laughs> you ever had that? I've been a bit harsh to you. Uh, my initial reaction was, <clears throat> stuff them <laughs> that's how I felt inside I didn't say anything but that's how I felt well, I let them get on with what they're getting on with and I'll get on with what I get on you know, do you know that sort of feeling that's what and really uh, <clears throat> I was on my bike on the way to work and um, I just felt just prompted by the spirit that I should go and buy that person a bunch of flowers and uh, <coughs> so I did <laughs> on the way home from work I got some flowers and uh, when I saw that person next I gave them the flowers and um, I said oh you know I think you've been going for a bit of a tough time haven't you <laughs> uh, I just wanted to encourage you I gave them the flowers <coughs> and really it was the spirit that told me to give them the flowers and do you know what when I gave them the flowers um all that harshness just went like that. Did you ever had that? It just went, and they said, "Oh, thank you so much." And um, and then I hadn't thought of this at all, but the spirit just got hold of me in that moment, and I said, "Do you know what? You're doing some great stuff for the Lord, and I think the devil's trying to get you, and you need to be aware of that." Uh, and really, God. God's spirit spoke through me because I wasn't intending to say that I had no intention of saying that and at that point I had no liberty to say it really but because the Lord had prompted me to bring them the flowers it opened up an opportunity but I didn't know that I was just do you see what I mean? so when we get in tune with the spirit and we listen to what the spirit is saying to us just, just follow it and guess what? things just work Think, you know, situations open up uh, that weren't open before. Now, if I'd said, oh, you've been harsh to me and I think you should say sorry for that, I know exactly how that person would have reacted. <laughs> they would have said, well, you did this, no, either. And it would have been. But the Spirit has just got that wonderful ability to just 
break down barriers, just work in people's hearts, soften people. Uh, <clears throat> and that's how the Spirit moves. And uh, at another time, a couple of weeks ago, I was, uh, <clears throat> I was at work, and I, if you know anything about me, I like cycling, and I get into my cycling, and <clears throat> I ride to work, and I ride home from work, and sometimes I go to the gym at lunch, and I ride my bike uh, in the gym. Okay, so I, and, I, and we've got this big spreadsheet and we're all trying to do the best effort we can do and, and recording everything and I get so into it. And um, <clears throat> I, was on, I, was, I was down in the basement of my work in a locker and I'd got, now if you know anything about cycling gear and the cold weather, you've got cycling trousers, top, three tops, jacket, two pairs of gloves, hat, mask, everything. And anyway, I'd gone down there and I was to get home and I, I got everything on, all my kit, and I put everything back in my locker, I shut my locker, locked my locker, put my key back in my bag. And I had this sort of sense of, Pat, don't cycle home. Go and get the train home. And I was like, well, I'm sort of in my kit now. It doesn't really matter, does it? I'll just cycle. It'd be quicker to cycle home. And, and then I started putting, you know, and this sort of sense is building in me. Uh, <clears throat> and really, it's the spirit talking to me. <laughs> it's not necessarily always feel like it's a spirit talking to you, but you know, it's just this nagging feeling back of your mind. You just know that what you're doing is not quite right. And so I had my bike lights on, and I was sitting on my bike, and I thought, I can't, I can't ride home. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I thought, but I'm going to look like such a wally in my lycra on the train, smelling like an absolute stinky stinky boy because I cycled to work this morning in the same gear but I thought oh do you know what that's what the Lord is saying that's what I do so I, um, I parked my bike back up and I uh, got the train home in all my lycra um, <clears throat> but I knew as soon as I walked out of the building I knew that uh, there was a couple of people that I needed to phone I didn't have any time to phone these people and I wasn't making any time but all of a sudden I had an hour and a half of dead time and I needed to phone these people and I needed to uh, invite them to something. And In the past, it hadn't really worked. I invited them, but they are not come. Uh, and I phoned both these people up. And I said, oh, are you coming to blah, blah? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I thought, really? <laughs> that was a bit easy. <laughs> and so I thought, all right, well, I'll phone the next one as well, because this is going... And I phoned them and, and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. See you in a bit. And I thought, Wow. <laughs> You know, it's so easy when you just follow what the Spirit's saying. <laughs> you know, we can make things so difficult sometimes. And, and, and really, the Lord opened that up. He's the one who, who told me, don't ride your bike home. I mean, you can't ride your bike home and make phone calls. I mean, I've tried it. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but God is, is speaking to you and he's using his Holy Spirit. And what we've got to do is we've got to listen. Tell you another story. Um, I remember going somewhere, and uh, I was just talking, and you know, and other people were talking, and talking, and talking. And you know, when you talk too much, I mean, it's a problem that I have probably more than other people. But you talk too much, and I just realised that I just sprouted off all my own ideas and uh, all this sort of rubbish, and I totally offended someone. Uh, and you know when you just have that, and that, they didn't say that they were offended, but I just knew they were. <laughs> uh, and I just realised uh, I wasn't listening to what the Spirit was saying at all. Uh, I was just going, I hadn't really been spending any time with the Lord, allowing the Spirit to work in my life. And I was just out of touch with God. And I hadn't sworn or hadn't been rude, but I just offended someone. And I just, and do you know what? Uh, a couple of weeks later I said sorry to that person <laughs> uh, but you know the spirit is there and the spirit is enabling you to realise what's going on in situations uh, and sometimes you get part of what's going on and sometimes you get the whole picture but my experience is that the Lord asks you to do something he doesn't tell you why all the time it doesn't tell you what's going to happen when you do it. <laughs> but he asks you. Amen? Now this is the key with the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit asks you, he leads you. Uh, he's not an overbearing um, controller of you. Does that make sense? Uh, he doesn't force you to do things that you don't want to do. You have to choose to uh, be led by the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Um, <clears throat> so the Spirit can ask you, I think you should do this. Why don't you go and speak to that person? I don't think you should do that. And you can say, well, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway, if you want. The Spirit isn't, he's not forceful. God is not forceful. And his Spirit is not forceful with you. Um, he leads. Uh, and <clears throat> this is the thing I want to say about leading, and those who've got children will know. Sometimes your children, you will tell them to do something, and they will say, I do not want to do it. Anyone had that experience? <laughs> and they probably won't say it like this, I do not want to do it, Daddy. They will say, no! And I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been out shopping with your children, and you're in a shop, and you want to leave that shop, and they do not want to leave that shop. <laughs> Uh, and she would say, come on, leave. And they do the, this thing. Have you ever seen this thing? The floppy thing, where they will not let you carry them and they will kick and scream on the floor. Okay, and we can be like that. Um, <clears throat> and I'll tell you what works really well. Um, if you say, okay, I'm going now. <laughs> and it's a risk, isn't it? Because you think to yourself, as a parent, I've got to lead them, and I'm, so I'm just going to leave the shot, <laughs> and I'm going to lead. I'm going to go, and let's see what happens. And a lot of the time, your kid will go, and come straight after you, because they don't want to be left on their own. And yet, the Spirit is like that. The Spirit says, I'm going to go this way. And God says... I'm going to lead you, I'm going to go this way. I'm not going to drag you kicking and screaming. I'm not going to push you. I'm not going to prod you with a stick. I'm just going to, I'm going to lead. I'm going to go. I'm going to call you to come with me. And I'm going to go and you can come if you want. That's, that's how the Spirit works. Uh, and you know, sometimes we say, oh, no, I'm not ready yet, Lord. <laughs> don't we? <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Um, <clears throat> but he is leading. Uh, and I just want to give you an example uh, he led Jesus. Just, Jesus was led by the Spirit. After he was baptised by John, and the Spirit fell down on him like a dove, it says immediately he was led, where? Into the desert. He was led, it says he was led by the Spirit into the desert. Okay, and I just want you to, to it didn't say... I'm sure the Spirit didn't say, right, you're going to go into the desert, you're going to be in the desert for 40 days, okay? And when you're there, the devil's going to come and he's going to try and get you. He didn't do that, did he? He just said, come on. You've got to I'm going to lead you into the desert. And Jesus, what does Jesus do? I want to know the whole plan. Is that what he says? What's happening in the desert? Why are we going there? Why should I do that? Why don't I start my ministry instead? What does Jesus do? Okay. Off we go. <laughs> doesn't know the whole plan. He just knows the prompting of the Spirit in his heart. And off he goes. And we must be those who are listening to the prompting of the Spirit in our hearts. Okay? <clears throat> what I found is the more you ignore the Spirit, the uh, the softer that voice gets. And the more you listen to it, the easier it is to recognise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. The more you do what the Spirit is saying, the easier it is to remember and, and know his voice and therefore know what God is saying to you. Okay? Now, I want to talk a little bit about being filled with the Spirit. Okay? Because sometimes we can feel like Lord, I know you. Uh, I'm sorry, I know what you're like. Um, I, uh, I believe in Jesus. But I just feel like there's something missing. 
you know, and we can say, and you can say, well, I've never been filled with the Spirit. Uh, and, and you can just say, well, actually, I don't feel like I'm particularly filled right now. I know I've been filled in the past. Uh, <clears throat> and we know our Bibles say, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Well, be is a continual sense of things, isn't it? It's not a, a one-time thing. It's be filled. So there's a sense where we've got to keep going back to the Lord and saying, Lord, fill me again. Fill me again. I feel dry. I feel empty. You know, and the Spirit can be described like, a, like water, like fresh water flowing through us, flowing up, up in us. I talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, and we can feel dry at times. And what we need to say to the Lord is, Lord, have I forgotten about you? Have I gone my own way a bit? Will you come and fill me again? And he will. This is the one thing that I, uh, while I've been studying about the Holy Spirit, the one thing I realised is, God is ready to pour out his Spirit on you. No doubt about it. No maybe. No when you're good enough. No, I don't want to. I'm not you, him. I'll feel him, but I won't feel him. God's not like that. God loves everybody. And his, his perfect will says, I want to pour out my spirit on everybody. I want to pour it out on everybody. In fact, what does he say? What's that key verse? I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In another version, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. It doesn't say, I will pour out my spirit on some people. I will pour out my spirit on select people. It's saying, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Okay? Now, <clears throat> this got me thinking, well... Why are some people full of the Spirit and some people not then? Because that doesn't make sense, does it? If he's going to pour out his Spirit on everybody, then we'll all be filled. But yet, just because someone's pouring something out on you doesn't mean you're being filled up with it. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, if I, if I had a bottle of Coke here, and I've done it before, if I had a bottle of Coke and I put the lid on and I tighten that lid up and I pour water all over it, would that water get inside? It wouldn't. So there are things that stop us being filled with the Spirit of God. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just going to share about a few of those things through a few stories. So if you've got your Bibles, great. Because uh, we're going to be uh, studying a little bit in them this morning, so it's time, time to get your Bibles out. Okay, We're going to be in Acts, the book of Acts, uh, which is <clears throat> New Testament. Uh, it's uh, post-Jesus' time on earth. And it starts with the Holy Spirit descending on all of his people at Pentecost. Okay, We're not going to touch on that today. We're going to talk about two other men. Because what we find is a lot of stories of people being filled with the Spirit. And so we, we need to look at ourselves and say, am I filled with the Spirit? Why am I not filled with the Spirit? Okay, maybe we are full of the Spirit. Fantastic. Okay, that's great. Great news. Okay. <clears throat> now, the thing that I'm starting to realize is God <clears throat> and His Holy Spirit um, <clears throat> can only really come and dwell in someone who really, really wants Him. And wants, and wants his ways, and wants his truth, and, and isn't saying, well, I want to do my thing and have you as, an, uh, as a bolt-on. Does that make sense? I wanna, <clears throat> what I want to do is I want to have my life, and I want to have the power of the Spirit as well. That won't work. I'm telling you right now, that won't work. I want to do church my way, but I want the power of the Spirit to work through it. Well, that won't work either. Uh, you can't have it as an add-on. The Spirit won't be an add-on. He won't be an extra. 
He won't be a sideshow. He wants to come and dwell in your heart. He wants to fill you up with all this goodness, all, this, all these wonderful fruits of the Spirit, things that will just set you free. He wants to fill you up with those things. Because if you're full of love, there's not much room for bitterness to creep in. Because <laughs> it's already, your heart's already full of love. And you know, things like bitterness, they weigh you down. Anger, it weighs you down. Holding on to old things, that weighs you down. And the way of the Spirit is freedom. Amen? Um, <clears throat> but if you want to get these things, you can't hold on to what you've already got. Uh, and I thought of this rather ridiculous, uh, crude analogy. Um, <clears throat> McDonald's. There's a McDonald's around the corner, the Broomwood McDonald's. You know that? Now, McDonald's is a franchise. Uh, do you know what a franchise is? A franchise is um, where actually someone comes and they say, um, <clears throat> I want to buy into what you're doing. Does that make sense? I want to buy into what you're doing uh, and I want to receive all of your plans and all your ways of doing things uh, so that I can multiply what I'm doing and I can be fruitful. Okay, that's what a franchise is. Okay, so what you do is you, um, <clears throat> you, you buy into the McDonald's way. Okay, now there are some McDonald's which are corporate McDonald's and some are franchises. So you can go and buy into McDonald's if you want. Okay, now <clears throat> what you can't do is ring up McDonald's and say, look, McDonald's, I want to buy into McDonald's, okay? I want to do the McDonald's thing at Broomwood, all right? <clears throat> but what I'm thinking, okay, is I'm going to call it Pat Donald's, not McDonald's, okay? And you know the big neon M at the front? I like it, but what I want is a big neon P instead for Pat Donald's. Okay, and what I want to do is I'm thinking drive throughs great and all that sort of stuff. That's really fantastic. But what I really want is instead of Big Macs, we're going to sell Swedish meatballs. And instead of chips, we're going to sell noodles. Okay, I've got my big deposit to give to you, McDonald's. I'll pay all the money, but I want to do it my way. I like some of your ideas. I like the success that you've got, and I want some of that, but really, I want to do it my way. Well, I'll tell you what McDonald's would say if you phoned them up and suggested that as a concept. They'd say, thanks for the phone call, but uh, we can't work with you. We like your energy, we like your excitement, but you've got to have a big M at the front. And you've got to sell Big Macs. Because what McDonald's produces is Big Macs. <laughs> and what the Spirit produces is the fruits of the Spirit. You can't say, I want to hold on to my bitterness, and I still want the Holy Spirit. Well, the Spirit will say, well, I don't produce bitterness. <laughs> I produce love. I produce patience in you. Does that make sense? I might try and get a big neon pee at home. <laughs> All right, we're turning to Acts 8. Okay, now turn with me to Acts 8. In fact, it'd be quite nice if we uh, have a reader. I'm going to read a big chunk. Okay. I'm going to act 8, verse 9. In fact, for, for the sake of the microphone, I should probably read it, shouldn't I? <clears throat> now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery uh, in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, The man is the divine power known as the great power. 
They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. Okay? But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptised, both men and women. Now listen to this. This is something that I didn't realise about this story. Simon himself believed. This is Simon the sorcerer. Simon himself believed, and he was baptised. Wow. Well, that's good, isn't it? It's good to get baptised. And it's good to believe, right? These things are important. Okay. Now, where we are? Just completely lost the page. <laughs> uh, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. He was a follower. He found a man of God and he'd, he'd said, oh, wow. And he followed. And you think, wow. Isn't this good? You know? uh, let's keep reading. Verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Uh, when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of, of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. And he said, Give me also the ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. All sounds pretty. All right. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in the ministry because your heart is not right before God. Uh, repent of the wickedness. Uh, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Wow. Then, uh, then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. Wow. So I start thinking about this story and I'm thinking, well, it's a bit confusing because I always remember Simon being sort of this sort of, you know, sort of guy who was just a sorcerer and didn't really have anything to do with God. But it seems like <coughs> he joined the church. <laughs> Does that make sense? He joined the church. Well, good for him. It's good to join the church. He got baptised. Well, great. It's good to get baptised. Really, in fact, it's key. It's really important to get baptised. He was a follower. He was following Philip everywhere. But the thing that strikes me is <clears throat> all the stuff on the outside doesn't really matter that much to God. God isn't worried about the outward things. They were all outward things, weren't they? They were all outward things. And God is looking at the inside, right? God is looking at the inside of your heart. I can tell you that for a fact. How much hair you got left on your head, it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> Does that make sense though? God is looking at the heart. He's looking at what is on the inside of you. And I'll tell you what, when you look closely at this man, Simon the sorcerer, you can tell exactly what he was going to do. He was asking to buy this gift of the Holy Spirit, wasn't he? And what do you think he was going to do with that? He was going to flog it, wasn't he? Because why would you ask to buy it if you weren't going to sell it? Does that make sense? He'd been, this is what he'd done his whole career. He'd harnessed power and he flogged it for gain. And see, nothing in his heart had changed. He'd just seen a higher power. That's all. Nothing in his heart had changed. He'd just seen a higher power. And he wanted to go for it. And we've got to be careful of that. We've got to realise that if I'm going to get filled with the Spirit, there's a couple of things that have to happen first. Let's read 
what Simon was struggling with. He said, I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And how did he know that? Uh, <clears throat> how did Peter, the apostle, know that? He only met him today. How did he know it? The Spirit revealed it to him. You can't tell a person's whole life in ten minutes, can you? But the Spirit can enable you to know things. Uh, <clears throat> and so he said to him, I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And I just want you to be completely aware that as we go into this series about the Holy Spirit, if you're not willing to come to Jesus and say, look, this is my sin. This is where I'm up to. This is what I'm dealing with. If you're not willing to come with those things first, it's very hard. In fact, it's impossible for you to be filled with the Spirit. I'm not saying that you have to deal with all your sin on your own. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying you've got to bring it to the Lord and say, look, Lord, this is here, here I am. This is all of me. And if you won't do that, then God finds, if, finds out he, he can't work with you. Imagine a bus. All right? Imagine this, a bus. Full capacity bus, full of stuff. And then you're saying, well, uh, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit is waiting at the bus stop. And you pull up to the bus stop and you stop the bus. Uh, and he takes one look at the bus and he says, well, it's not enough room, is there? I can't fit on. What we've got to do is we've got to say, well, God, I, what I want is you, I want you on my bus. I'm going to kick all the other passengers off. <laughs> Does that make sense? And sometimes you don't realise there's some passengers upset. That's not a problem. Don't worry about that. There's things in our life that God's going to be revealing to us as we move forward. Don't worry about every little thing. But just say to the Lord, look, Lord, I want to put you first. I want to, until we get to that point, we can't really be filled with the Spirit. We don't know what happened to Simon the Sorcerer. Do you know what? He asked them to pray for him. Maybe he was filled. Maybe he did lay down all of those things. Well, let's move on a little bit, shall we? Let's move on. Now, this is a longer reading, this one. I'm sorry I'm, I'll get so uh, stuck in this. We're going to go to Acts 10. I'm going to read about another character, another man. <coughs> another man. What type of man is this? I'll tell you right now, this man's a Roman He's an Italian, an Italian man called Cornelius. Uh, <clears throat> he's a centurion. Um, <clears throat> quite important man, big family. He's got people under his command. He's got the good things in life, in a sense. Um, he's not uh, a Jew, he's an outsider. And you might feel like an outsider at times. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I'm not on the inside, I'm on the outside. Uh, and sometimes when we come into the presence of the Lord and God's Spirit is here, I don't know, sometimes you can feel like, I'm just sitting on the outside. Uh, I don't know if that's where you're up to. And sometimes you'll feel like, I'm right in it. Amen, Lord, this is fantastic this morning. Sometimes you can feel like I'm just watching. Uh, on the outside. Anyway, let's, <clears throat> let's read together. Uh, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion uh, in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Uh, one day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel uh, of God, who came down to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, uh, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. He said, Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. 
Okay, let's stop there. That's a lot of, uh, <coughs> that's a lot of information there, isn't it? So what do we find out about this man, Cornelius? Well, <coughs> he's an Italian. He's a Roman. He's not a Jew. He doesn't know anything about Jesus. He's not versed in the Old Testament. He doesn't know any of these things. He's a, new, he's a noob in some ways <laughs> to the gospel. He hasn't really understood those things. But what we do see is that he's, he's got a heart for God. Now, you don't have to be a Christian to have a heart for God. It doesn't sound awful. But you might really want God. You just haven't met him yet. That's okay. That's great. <laughs> He'll come and find you. Don't worry. He'll seek you out. But just keep going after God. So we see this man. He's a righteous man, isn't he? He's a righteous man. He does the right thing. He's devout. He's devoted his life to God. He's praying. He's spending time seeking the Lord. And he gives to the poor. It's almost like a little bit of God's personality is already printed onto him in his seeking after God. Has he received Jesus? Not yet. Has he received the Spirit? No. Does he know anything about Jesus? Not yet. But God comes to him in a vision uh, and speaks and says, send men to Joppa. Now, I'll tell you what, if you, uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, you, you had, had a little, uh, went into a little trance or whatever, it's probably a little snooze, <clears throat> and an angel came to you and said, I want to send you this. It's very specific, wasn't it? Spirit was speaking to him in a very specific way. He said, go to Joppa, ask for this man at this house, He's saying that somebody else is very specific. What did he do? Did he say, well, I'm not really sure about that. Why don't I just carry on doing what I'm doing? He didn't say that, did he? We'll find out what he said. Uh, when the angel who, who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. So straight away, we see that if you want to receive the Spirit, okay, if you want to receive God, obedience. He's, God hasn't forced him. He hasn't forced Peter upon him. He hasn't said, Peter's going to come and tell you what's what. Has he? He said, you, you send for Peter. So he's leading him, isn't he? Like I was talking about earlier, he's leading him on. Um, he's not forcing him and he's got to choose to be obedient and we do too we've got to choose to be obedient God's not going to force us it's a partnership franchise I don't want to use that word but you know what I'm saying alright big M not big P okay <clears throat> so let's see what happens now the spirit's moving in Cornelius and the Spirit's moving in Peter at the same time. All right, I'm going to read through it now. Uh, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Pattern there. One man goes to pray and God speaks to him. Another man goes to pray and God... If you want to get close to God, you've got to be praying. Does that make sense? He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down on earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and the birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And he said, Oh, surely not, Lord. You know, isn't it funny? When Cornelius got told something, he just said, Okay, let's go for it. But Peter, you see, the problem is, Peter's a religious man. I say he's a religious man. He's a man well-versed in the Jewish traditions. You don't eat pork. You don't eat reptiles. You don't, you don't eat those unclean things. And he had all this understanding in his mind. And we can have a lot of understanding in our mind, can't we? We can have a lot of uh, preconce preconceptions through religion. 
that God has to break down. Amen? For his spirit really to move in us, we're going to have to be um, set free of some of the things we think. Some of the concepts that we have in our minds. I don't know what they are for you, I don't know what they are for me, but I know the Lord wants to release us. Peter replies, surely, surely not, Lord. I've never eaten anything un anything impure or unclean and the voice spoke to him a second time do not call anything impure that God has made clean this happened three times so clearly Peter is not listening the first time or the second time or the third time maybe he gets it by the third time this happened th uh, three times and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven uh, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision uh, the men sent by Cornelius find, found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, ask if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. All right. So the Spirit is doing this same thing again, the same leading thing. What's he saying to Peter? There's some men at the door. Go with them. Does it, well, where are we going? We don't, he doesn't get that information. How long are we going for? He doesn't get that information. What's going to happen to me when we get there? Don't get that information. And you won't always get that information either. When the Spirit talks to you, sometimes it's just a sense of things. Maybe I should do this. Or maybe it's a bit clearer directional than that. You need to do this. You need to go here. You need to go there. You need to not ride your bike. And don't be afraid to just follow that. And as you follow it more and more, you'll, you'll learn to um, recognise that voice more and more. And Peter, Peter has had more practice than anybody, I think, because he spent three years with Jesus. He knows Jesus' voice. I mean... The funny thing is, he still, he still second-guesses it three times. <laughs> but he goes. Uh, so let's keep reading. Peter went down and said to them, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius, the centurion. Uh, he's a righteous, God-fearing man who is respected by the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Uh, then Peter invited the men into his house to be his guests. Okay. I don't know how much of this I'm going to read because, it's, again, it's a massive chunk. Um, <clears throat> now, let me just keep reading. The next, uh, the next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. Uh, the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them, and as he called together his relatives and close friends, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. Uh, but Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. I thought this was quite interesting. Cornelius doesn't get it all right. And you haven't got to worry about getting it all right. I mean, Cornelius falls on his feet and, 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 and sort of almost worships Peter. And Peter's saying, no, 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 don't worship me, you know. No. Does that make sense? He hasn't got it all right. But don't worry about that because Cornelius' uh, heart is in the right place. And what we need to focus on is, is my heart for God? Have I got a heart for God? If I have, then I'm not going to worry about whether I get certain bits right or wrong. I'm just going to go for God. And this is what Cornelius was doing. Uh, <clears throat> right, let's keep reading. Uh, talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. So not only had Cornelius had enough faith to send his servants to go and get this man that they didn't even know existed, but he'd invited everybody around just in case they brought him back. <laughs> How about that for faith? And this is a guy who doesn't even know God. 
doesn't even know Jesus or the Holy Spirit or anything like that. Does that make sense? <clears throat> but yet we see that God is looking on the inside again. This man was full of faith, wasn't he? He wanted God with everything. <clears throat> now, what we can do is we can read a bit more down here. And essentially what happens is, they say, Peter, tell us, tell us all. And Peter starts from the beginning, he said, Jesus is the man. Jesus is the son of God. And this is what happened. Um, and isn't it great? And he started telling them about Jesus. And he preaches to them all for a while. <clears throat> now if you read down in verse 44. Uh, we'll, we'll read uh, verse 43. And as, this is just the, the end of Peter finishing preaching. All the prophets testified about him. Uh, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So Peter was socking it to him. He was preaching about forgiveness of sins. He was preaching about Jesus right down the line. <clears throat> How about this? Uh, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on them all uh, who heard the message. The, circum the circumcised believers who... Uh, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even onto the Gentiles. For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. What about that? This is crazy. They haven't even been to church. How can they get the Holy Spirit? They haven't been baptised yet. They haven't been following. <laughs> Isn't this amazing? God just pours out. He's ready. And this is the great thing. God's ready to pour out. If he can find some people who are really seeking after him, he will pour out on them. This is, it's blown my mind really. Absolutely blown my mind. What seems to be more important when we look at this man, Simon the sorcerer, and we look at this man, Cornelius, we see one man who looks like he's doing the right thing on the outside. And we look at this other man over here on the outside is, is a pariah. But on the inside, he's letting God deal with him, he's full of faith. He, he, he's devoted his life to prayer. Oh, God can deal with that man. God can fill that man up. And I, I just want you to realise that if you want to be filled with the Spirit, you're going to have to look at the inside of you. You're going to have to take one big hard look and just say, Lord, here I am. It's that simple, guys. It's that simple. Lord, here I am. Look at the mess. Look at the whole mess on the inside of me. Look at my bitterness. Look at my rubbish. Look at all the things I did before. None of them matter. God will deal with them. He's the only one who can wash them away. And then you can ask. And this is the great, wonderful thing. We can be bold and we can just say, Lord, fill me with your spirit, please. Not for my gain, not for what I want, not because I want to make some money out of this and I want the power, but because I need you. I need you to live. Does that make sense? God is more interested in the state of your heart than anything on the outside. And if you're going to be filled with the Spirit, you're going to have to come to the Lord and you're going to have to let the inside of you get absolutely washed. Does that make sense? You're going to have to say, Lord, baptise my heart. Does that make sense? So then what happens? Then Peter says, can anyone keep these people from being baptised with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, isn't that fantastic? 
It's great to get baptised. And I encourage you, if you have not got baptised yet, and you really want the Lord with everything, get baptised. Go for it. Okay? Um, <clears throat> but the key is to let your heart get baptised on the inside <laughs> and get absolutely washed through, cleaned out and filled up. And you can do that. Do you know what? I realised the moment that it happened for me, I was standing in my bedroom. I was probably 17, 16, something like that. I can't even remember when. And I just remember I was just pacing around and I was really just trying to decide whether I... I wanted to follow God or I wanted to do things my own way. And I, I thought, well, I like... There's a lot of things that I like in the world, um, but I know none of them are going to make me happy. I know none of, they're all going to leave me empty. And in that moment, I was saying, Lord, I know your way is the way. And I, I wasn't saying anything. I was just pacing up and down in my room. I was a 17-year-old. And... Um, the thing I said to the Lord is, Lord, I just can't, I know I can't do it. I can't live your way. I can't live your way. And uh, I remember the Lord saying to me, don't worry, you're not going to do it on your own. I'm going to help you. <laughs> and that was that. And in that moment, I just felt, he is, you know. And that was it. And I felt different. I felt like, oh, this is going to, I'm going to be able to do this. I remember my mum came in about, 30 seconds later, as mums do, what's going on in here? And I was still just walking, I was, nothing really. <laughs> and that was it. I was saved. God put his spirit in me from that time onwards. And I started to be able to, um, <clears throat> I started to be able to uh, prophesy <laughs> at church. Uh, <clears throat> Still struggle with sin, not going to lie. Still struggle with a lot of things. And it took a while for the Spirit just to keep washing over me and me keep being filled. I don't know if this is your experience, but sometimes God deals with everything in a moment and sometimes we don't let go of things so easy. And it takes a while for him to keep washing over us and keep washing over us for us to let go of those things and yet we've got to let his spirit keep washing over us I just want to encourage you in that I just want to encourage you one last thing now Peter, what a man Peter was the man in both these stories wasn't he God was using him in the spirit he was moving in the spirit and things were great now later on, there's another story in Galatians where, where Paul, the apostle, said, I had to confront Peter to his face. Because, why? Because he wouldn't hang out with any of the Gentiles anymore and he was eating only with the Jews. And you think, wait a minute, Peter's the one who's just broke all that down and invited the Gentiles in and everything. And guess what? What you realise is even a man who's been filled with his spirit can go off the, off the rails from time to time. A man who's filled with the Spirit can, can become empty and get distracted and get lost in other things. Does that mean he's not saved anymore? No, it doesn't. It just means he needs to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, fill me again. I'm sorry. Please take all this away and fill me with your love and your freshness and your spirit again. And I'm sure Peter in all his uh, <coughs> grace took it from Paul and said, all right, fair, I'm wrong. I bet he did. Because he's quite humble really. I mean, he's quite fiery, but he's quite humble in the New Testament too. And... <coughs> I just want to encourage you, let's, let's have a little bit of time to respond to what the Lord is saying and doing. Now, if you want to be filled with Spirit, go for it. I can't do it. You can't do it. Only God can. All right? But all you can say is, Lord, I'm here. I make myself available. 
You, I know you can see everything in my heart already. Please take out things that don't belong there and fill me with your spirit. Now, you might not know the Lord at all. Fine. Now's your time. It's great. The Lord wants to fill you. You might have experienced the presence of the Lord and, and feel like you're warming up to him. Great. Now's the time. You can be filled with the Spirit. You might have been filled with the Spirit. You might be baptised. You might know the power of God in your life. But you still need to be filled up. It's a fresh day today. And it'll be a fresh day tomorrow. Let's just have a little bit of time. The Lord can fill us. And we can just say, I mean, we don't have to worry about uh, outward things today. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to sit, sit. That's fine. I'll ask Hannah to play. But just during this time, I want you to say to the Lord, Lord, this is my heart. I present it to you. Fill me. Fill me with your spirit.